You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Just win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team, Just every win. day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache, he growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into the Locked On Raiders podcast. I'm your boy Q, the host. You can always find me on Twitter at your boy Q254. I know a lot of you have hit me up that way. Also, another way to get at me is on that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. This is Wednesday's edition. It's going to be a very special edition. Usually on Wednesday, we have a crossover edition where I start to talk to whoever the Raiders opponent's going to be. So this week, it would be the Colts. And uh, we all know that it's just win for gym week, right? <laughs> just win for gym week. But uh, the Colts guy, I can't find him. Don't know who he is. I don't think that they actually have a locked on Colts guy. So I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to freestyle it. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to have a lot of fun. And don't worry, the rest of the week is going to be awesome. Going to hold it down. Matter of fact, today's episode is going to be amazing. Very excited about what you're going to hear on today's episode. Uh, before I get into what you're going to hear, I got to give you the news out of Alameda for Tuesday. The news out of Alameda Tuesday afternoon, Obi Melon Fonwu, a.k.a. Bigfoot, the guy I always call Bigfoot, officially released from IR and is now officially done in Oakland. If you remember, he was a second-round pick in 2017. He was released before uh, the preseason ended, and then he was put back on IR because nobody picked him up off waivers. Well, he's done. Dunzo. Gone. Finito. Finished. He's no longer an Oakland Raider. That was a second-round draft pick in 2017. Gone. I don't have much to say about Bigfoot because you guys know how I feel about Bigfoot. He had never shown anything, really had shown nothing. He only started one game in his short Oakland Raider career, so uh, I'm not really missing too much from uh, Obi Mellon Fonwu, so he's officially done with the Raiders. Now this, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting. Kicker Mac McCrane, who is the, only, is the responsible guy, he's the guy who's responsible for the Raiders' only victory when he kicked the game-winning field goal against the Browns. He was actually released on Tuesday, and former Vikings fifth-round draft pick Daniel Carlson, who missed three field goals in a game this season, he was cut by the Vikings after missing those three field goals. Yeah, he signed in his place. So if you're keeping track, Raider Nation, and please believe I'm keeping track, that's five place kickers the Raiders have gone through this season, and that's not counting Seabass. Because remember, Sebastian Janikowski, he actually got cut early, early before training camp and all that, so he got cut too, but I'm not even counting him. I'm counting guys that basically made it to training camp. Five. They're already on kicker number five. Yeah, that's right. Trevecchio. Remember him? Giorgio Trevecchio. He was a beast for the Falcons Monday night. Hit a 50 and a 56-yarder to seal the win for Atlanta. Yeah, he was cut in training camp. Why was he cut? Because Eddie Pinheiro, who was signed as an undrafted free agent out of Florida, yeah, he was going to be the guy, right? Him and uh, Johnny Townsend, both Florida guys, they were going to be the guys. Yeah, Eddie Pinheiro goes on IR with a groin injury. So he's done. In comes Mike Nugent. Oh, yeah, well, Mike Nugent, he's done because he's on IR, and I think he's got a groin or a knee injury. Either way, it doesn't matter. He's out. So that's already three kickers. Then you bring in Matt McCrane. 
Yeah, that's his name, Matt McCrane, whatever. I never got comfortable with him because I knew he was going to be gone. He was signed to replace Nugent. Well, he's been cut because, well, he stinks. And now Daniel Carlson, who stinks, as I mentioned, three field goals in one game earlier this season for the Vikings. He missed all three of them. The Vikings lost that game where they tied one of the two. I think that's the one they tied against the Packers. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. He got cut. Well, now he's in. That is five stinking kickers. There is absolutely no reason, absolutely no reason to only be going into game number seven of your season and already be on kicker number five since training camp started. Think about that one. I'm telling you, man, I always tell you, put it in your pipe and smoke it. Put that one in your pipe and smoke it. That's almost like putting a a whole 20 sack in one zigzag. That's just ridiculous. That's just way too much. You know what I'm saying? That's just, you know how they say doing the most? That's doing the most. That really, really is. So I just wanted to give you some news and notes coming out of Alameda, coming out of the Raiders facility for Tuesday and, uh, you know, get into this Wednesday edition of the Locked on Raiders podcast because this one's going to be a lot of fun on this episode, ladies and gentlemen. I'm bringing back a special guest that I had before on the episode, and he did a hell of a job, and he's fun to talk to. Love to talk some Raiders with him. Derek Papa, producer of the Afternoon Delight on 95.7 The Game with Bonte, with Papa and Bonte Hill. Yeah, he's going to join me, and we get into a very lengthy conversation, a very lengthy conversation. When we get on there and we start talking Raiders, it's just no stopping us. So we have a very long interview that you're going to hear. It's gonna, I'm going to break it up into segment number two and segment number three, and you have to excuse my mic a little bit because the mic I used is the worst microphone that we have at the radio station. It was the only studio that was available at the time. So you're going to have to excuse my mic a little bit. It's still clear, but it's not as clear as it should be. It's not as clear as the mic that I'm talking on right now. Just saying. And a guy like me who really is a perfectionist and and likes to provide good quality stuff, it it just pisses me off. It drives me crazy that the microphones don't sound the same. But either way, the interview is damn good. I apologize for the microphone in advance. So that's going to kick off in segment number two. I'm going to have, I'm going to break it up. Segment number two and segment number three is going to be with my man, Derek Papa from 95.7 The Game. He is the producer of The Afternoon Delight with Papa and Bonte Hill. And, uh, you know, that's, that's always some good stuff. And obviously he has a lot of knowledge, uh, just one, for being inside the building, being close to the Raiders. Obviously with Greg Papa as his pops, uh, he, he knows a lot as well. So a really good interview. I love talking to my man. I'm definitely going to have him on the podcast even more. So that's coming up in segment number two and segment number three. So I'm going to wrap up seg- segment number one right now. But before I do, I got to tell you about Vivid Seats. And I know you might ask, what is Vivid Seats? Well, I'm glad you asked. Vivid Seats, it's an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams, such as the Oakland Raiders, and artists such as, I don't know, maybe Drake, <laughs> whatever. You can, you, they, they can help you see that artist perform live in person. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and a whole lot more. Vivid Seats offers great prices and easy purchasing experiences. Everyone likes it when it's easy, right? Yeah, well, this is very, very easy. With the podcast code locked on, all capitals, all one word, listeners can receive $20 off of orders of $200 or more if you're a first-time customer of Vivid Seats. Go to the App Store right now on your phone or Google Play and download, and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code locked on, all one word to capitals, to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. So if you're like my man Jim and you're trying to go to the Raider game on Sunday against the Colts, just win for Jim, you could use Vivid Seats to get it done. All right, segment number two is coming up next. Derek Papa, producer of 95.7 The Game. This is going to be an awesome interview. I'm telling you. Producer at 95.7 The Game, Afternoon Delight, Papa and Bonte, good stuff. That's coming up next right here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. 
You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, welcome back to the Locked On Raiders podcast. I'm your boy Q, at your boy Q254 on Twitter. Going to have a very good segment number two and segment number three for you in just a second. Going to get into it. My interview with my man Derek Papa, who is producer of the Afternoon Delight with Papa and Bonte on 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area. Very passionate Raider fan. Talks a, a lot of Raiders and has a lot of good knowledge about the Raiders. So here is my interview with Derek Papa. Joining me now on the phone lines is Derek Papa, producer of the Afternoon Delight with Papa and Bonte on 95.7 The Game. You can find him on Twitter at Pops. And uh, Derek, definitely appreciate you for joining me again on the show. And of course, man, the main topic of our conversation is going to be based around the deconstruction of the Raiders from a team that at least I thought would be able to compete for the AFC West title when John Gruden inherited the team. Uh, the latest move or major move is the trading of Amari Cooper to the Cowboys for a first round pick in 2019. And I know that you have some really good thoughts on this move what are you thinking well as soon as i heard about this uh yesterday i was like wow um this team is tanking and it's the closest thing to it i've ever seen in football when you say tanking that usually means that you have compiled your roster to go out and lose games we've seen it in the nba we've seen it with baseball and i've never seen in the nfl now you can set up your roster you know with the with the intention of, you know, deconstructing it to the point that you're probably not going to do as well and you uh, hope to get more in free agency the next year or more draft picks, but you never have the intention of losing. And I don't think the Raiders have the intention of losing, but I will say this is the closest thing I've seen to it. We don't see trades during the season that often. We saw a trade for Khalil, uh, of Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears week before the season started, which sent a whole bad precedent for the entire season and now we're at the halfway point and uh, the, the Raiders best receiver Mark Cooper is in Dallas, Texas and you know I know John Gruden came here with the intention of winning, at least that's what I thought and, uh, when he was announced in January and I thought you know, we made moves here or there that would potentially make us a stronger team not necessarily a better team but I think a stronger team for uh, the remaining years in Oakland and uh, I think John Gruden has changed his mind uh, a week before the season started. I guess he went to training camp with different intentions. He told everybody, you know, I'm, I'm here. When the question came about, you know, his contract and, you know, the city of Las Vegas, he pretty much just didn't answer any of those. He said, I'm here to win in Oakland. And this may be the last year because the city may sue the Raiders. And uh, with the remaining... Where are we at? Week seven, so we got nine more weeks. Um, Raiders are one and five, and we'll see how many wins they get. But uh, the intention to me is that that uh, they're not trying to win this season. They're trying to do their best. But uh, when you trade away Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, and your their rumors about Carl Joseph or even you know Derek Carr now, and I hope that's not the case. But uh, it just sounds like an organization that is uh, not looking to win in its remaining years in Oakland. Um, you hear that players are not really bought in on this season. They weren't bought in the second they traded away Khalil Mack. Um, you hear that the team is turning on Derek Carr. Um, you know, as far as the Amari Cooper trade, um, you know, Amari wasn't playing well. And it's kind of a steal for the Raiders, honestly, uh, to get a first-round pick uh, for him. Uh, he... You know, he only, I think his only, I think his lone 100-yard game 
was week two against the Broncos. If you go back and look, they were kind of letting him, you know, have some wide open lanes there. So Amari really hasn't played great in a long time. I thought his last season he didn't play well. Um, he showed some some great, you know, great uh, talent here or there. But as far as Amari Cooper's time as an Oakland Raider, it's been hit or miss. But I thought there was something to build on there. I, th- I thought John Gruden would build on this team. I don't think the 12-4 and season in 2016 was a fluke. I thought that they had potential. And I was hoping that John Gruden would build on the talent he has with Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, and Amari Cooper. And instead, he's taken the route to get three new first-round draft picks and just, you know, start over with them. And it's, it's sad to see you. I wouldn't be as mad as I am if this team was in it for the long haul in the city of Oakland, but uh, as you know, they could be gone as of next season, and it's just sad to see that they're not trying uh, with their remaining years in Oakland before they go to Las Vegas. I'm glad you brought up the fact that you didn't think that that was the plan going into the season was to, to be basically tank or be really, really bad and, and trade away your good assets and get some trade bait back because I remember when Gruden got hired, and I remember your pops, Greg Papa, the former voice of the Raiders, saying on the show that – I just hope because John has a 10-year deal that he doesn't decide to tear the team down because, look, he has 10 years and he can do that and rebuild it. Hopefully he takes this team and tries to win the AFC West. And I, I just, I, in my personal feeling, don't think it was a rebuild when everything started. It just became that once Mac was traded. Is that, is that where you're at as well? I believe that too. I thought that John Gruden came here with the intention of helping this team. He's, I mean, I compared it to... Steve Kerr coming to the Warriors. Um, the Warriors were a good team, but they were poorly coached. You could say what you want about Mark Jackson, but he wasn't doing great things with the Warriors. He got him to the playoffs, but the potential of that team was not being fulfilled, and they needed to do better. And they did that, and they went got Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was close to coaching the New York Knicks, and instead he saw the potential that the Warriors had and thought that he couldn't pass that up. That's what I thought with John Gruden. I thought that he saw a team that was super was Super Bowl capable, a capable capable of winning a Super Bowl, and he came with came to this team. I, I I've always thought that he admired Derek Carr, and you could tell in the Monday Night games that he's called, or even back to his Gruden QB camps with Derek Carr that he liked him. I still think he does, but I also think he's putting him in a bad position, and we get to that later. But um. I just thought that he saw this team. He, he said in his, his press conference the day after Khalil Mack was traded that Khalil Mack was one of the reasons he came to this team. I'm pretty sure he came to the Raiders with the intention of winning right away. And it just, you know, he was given kind of a bad deal. He was given the team right when Khalil Mack was going through a contract dispute. And despite what many people say, the Raiders do not have the money to sign Khalil Mack. And it's just sad because... What does that say for any future player they get? If they were trying to get Nick Bosa, is Nick Bosa going to try to get, you know, pass rush money that Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack are getting? So is this going to be an ever, you know, ever a never-ending cycle of the Raiders turning into the Oakland A's where they can't afford their high-priced players and just send them away? Like, you got to have some stability here. And the Raiders, after a long time of being the laughing stock of the NFL. I thought they hit it on three players, Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, and Amari Cooper. Now, whether you think that Derek Carr and Amari Cooper have hit their potential, there is something there. And I was hoping that John Gruden would build on that, and he decided not to do that. It may have, it may have been, you know, uh, organizational thing as well. Uh, you know, Mark Davis 
He may have told him, I, I, can't, I can't do this with Khalil Mack. Uh, Amari, you know, his fifth-year option was going to be a problem coming up, so maybe it was good to trade these guys. But why not do it at a later time and try to win this season? You do have the talent. I, I strongly believe that this team had the talent to compete, and in the end they just started to rebuild. And this team only rebuilt, what, like three or four years ago when Reggie McKenzie got all the 30-year-old guys, like you know, Maurice Jones-Drew or Justin Tuck and all the, that team? That was a rebuild team. I didn't feel that the the team that Jack Del Rio was was fired from. I don't think this team that team was a rebuild team. Now Cooper, uh, obviously, when he, he was drafted, he came out had a thousand yard season. Yeah, he had some drops, but he had a thousand yard season. His second year had a thousand yard season. Then he dropped off, and I know he got banged up and injured and didn't finish the the third season. So he had a, really was was his numbers had dropped off. But what do you think, or who do you think is the blame for most of Cooper's lack of production? Um, Amari Cooper. It's uh, it's 100% his fault. Um, I feel he has all the potential in the world to be a dominant wide receiver. He just hasn't shown that he's hungry enough for it. And uh, I've been around Amari. We were lucky enough in years past to do shows from the Raiders headquarters in Alameda. And he's a soft-spoken dude. And he's not going to be like an Odell Beckham or, you know, a Des Bryant or even a Keyshawn Johnson as they gave him the damn ball. He might, but we just don't see it because he's soft-spoken. But he he never lived up to his potential. He said every year, I'm trying to be better, I'm trying to be better, and it just didn't happen. I remember the first game of the of the season last year where he he dropped three passes in the end zone against the Tennessee Titans. And that was the year. That was the year where we, we were, we were going to say, is Amari Cooper going to, for lack of a better phrase, drop, drop his nuts? Like, was this the year that he was going to show that he could be one of the best wide receivers in the league. There are also times where I didn't think we featured him as much. Um, I thought once Todd Downing was the OC, they went away from Amari. There were times where they tried to get creative with him, like uh, they put him in a slot against the Baltimore Ravens, but never went to him for whatever reason. The game he had on Thursday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs, that was his best game as a pro, in my opinion. And for whatever reason, they couldn't build on that. So some of it's coaching. I don't think John Gruden's done anything to feature Amari Cooper yet. He targeted him once in the Seattle game, and I want to say he only got one catch in the Los Angeles game. So John Gruden, before the season, said that he was going to feature Amari Cooper and he was going to be an important piece in this offense. And, you know, you could say it's lip service. You could say coaches lie all the time. But it seems that John Gruden lately has been saying more lies than truth to the fan base. And I'm not saying, you know, you owe anything to the fan base. But you kind of do when you're leaving. And, uh, you know, maybe my my heart's too much into it, the fact that they're leaving Oakland. I know that there's a lot of Raider fans and not Oakland Raider fans. So they see the positive side of this. I'm building upon something with with three first-round draft picks. But it's just hard to get behind this team right now when they – are abandoning their home and uh, they're not really doing anything for the remaining years here. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. And you know, it's funny that a lot of people, I've got a lot of feedback from guys that aren't in the Bay Area that are Raider fans and they're, you know, they're worldwide. Raider fans are worldwide, but I've gotten a ton of feedback and almost everything, almost exclusively what they say is, I feel bad for the fans in the Bay because not only do they have to watch this each and every Sunday and this is looking bad and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, but they're also losing their team and they have to watch bad football while they're on their way out 
out. So uh, I think a lot of fans are, are, are with you and feeling the same way that, man, it's hard to get behind this team. Yes, I realize it's going to be better in the long run, but it stinks right now. Yeah, it's, it's just tough, man. Like, honestly, if this was – you know, if the Raiders didn't have never moved to Las Vegas, I honestly wouldn't be that mad about it. Um, you know, the Khalil Mack thing is one thing. That That's just a total, like, what the hell are you doing move. The Amari Cooper move, I somewhat get. But at the same time, if you're going to trade Amari Cooper, I really want to know what John Gruden feels about Derek Carr because he's not doing him any favors. Who's he throwing to now? Jared Cook? Martavis Bryant? Seth Roberts? Jordy Nelson? That's not really a great receiving core, in my opinion. I think Jared Cook has improved from last year, but Martavis Bryant has been a huge disappointment, and he could be suspended any day now. Seth Roberts, he's hit or miss. Jordy Nelson is not the same player he used to be. Marshawn Lynch, we have no idea when he's coming back, and he might have already played his last game as an Oakland Raider or might have played his last game in his NFL career. So you're not doing any favors for Derek Carr. If this is an evaluation for Derek Carr in these remaining games, it's not fair because he has not given anything around him. His offensive line is not the same anymore. you got two rookie tackles on his line that are bookending him. Coletio Simley is out with an injury. I really hope John Gruden, if he really wanted to come to this team and grow with Derek Carr, then you have to give him a pass on this season. I know Derek has not played well, but that's not really on him. I think John Gruden, and I may this may be a crazy opinion here, I think he's been withholding his play calling. I strongly believe that, with the exception of the first game, maybe. But you can't tell me that he was really trying to uh, do anything explosive against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, that, that game started with the Seattle Seahawks driving down the field against the Oakland Raiders and scoring. And John Gruden, if he sticks to his play sheet, you know, why you're handing it to Marshawn Lynch three straight times on a third and six is baffling to me. So I don't think John Gruden is doing any favors to this offense and to Derek Carr for the future. Let me ask you this, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up Derek Carr in the future. Uh, that that Rams game, right right after that Rams game, I remember Bonte Hill tweeting out that Derek Carr will never see Vegas. And uh, he just said there's, there's no way that he's going to make it to Vegas. And I know that kind of got the ball rolling with, is Derek Carr the, the quarterback of the future for the Raiders? Is he the franchise quarterback? What do you think? In your gut, just gut feeling, what do you think? Do you think that Derek Carr will make it to Vegas as a starting quarterback? Or do you think when he's in Vegas, it's going to be on vacation or as a visitor. Bronte actually tweeted that out. Yeah, he tweeted that out. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's that's one hell of a hot take. Um, you know, uh, I don't, I mean, I hate to steal from my dad's playbook, but I don't know. <laughs> um, I, you know, I see something in Derek, but then again, I, I didn't see what everybody else saw in 2016. He had a great sophomore season, and he had a great 2016 season, and they got hurt. But that whole time, I never thought he was an MVP caliber type of player. I never thought he was elite. He made great throws in clutch situations. And if you go back and look on that season, they could have lost a lot of those games. But in the end, he was very clutch. Uh, it, it all fed from that first game against the Saints where they went for two, and that just kind of built the rest of the season. Where Derek is throwing last-minute touchdown passes to the, for the Raven game, and he's pulling a win out against the Carolina Panthers. But ever since then, Derek Carr has not been the same player, really ever since he broke his ankle, with the exception of the first two games of the 2017 season. But even then, you know, he didn't play well against the Redskins, and then he got hurt. He broke his back. So I really don't know what John Gruden thinks of Derek Carr, 
I think it's the best quarterback he's ever had, to be honest, with the exception of Rich Gannon. I mean, you look back at his Tampa Bay quarterbacks, Brad Johnson, uh, Chris Sims, Brian Greasy. Uh, Jeff Garcia was good for a little bit, but uh, the, I think Derek Carr is the best quarterback he's ever had. And he's never really groomed a quarterback. He, I mean, he tried to with Chris Sims. We knew Chris Sims was going to be a great quarterback. And he, John Gruden's in favor of more older quarterbacks. But this is the time where John has to be patient. Like you said, he has a 10-year contract, so, you know, what's the rush? You have time to groom Derek Carr. Now, you know, there's a story that came out with Marcus Thompson today reporting that the, the, the team has, has uh, kind of not, not, not behind Derek Carr anymore. Um, they're kind of like, you know, I, I guess it stemmed from the Seattle game where he got sacked and it looked like he was crying. But honestly, like, if you had to deal with what you're, with Derek Carr is <laughs> dealing with, wouldn't you just, I mean, it's, I, I would cry too, man. Like, they, they, they traded away your best friend, Khalil Mack. They just traded away Amari Cooper. It seems to me that the coach is withholding play calls, in my opinion, and just say he has nothing around him. And I, I could be the biggest critic of Derek Carr, but he, this is the guy. This is the guy that you decided to to pay instead of Khalil Mack. So you got to roll with it now. It's not just going to be that easy to find another quarterback. Who, you're just going to draft the kid from Oregon or West Virginia next year. You have to. You you, you have a solid quarterback. Like other other quarterbacks have give, have been given you know enough waiting time. Like Ryan Tannehill's, and I don't know how long he's been with the Dolphins now, but they give him some leeway. Give Derek Carr some time. He hasn't been given anything yet, and you're deconstructing this team around him. So I, I think if I had to guess, I would say yes. Derek Carr would make it to Vegas because I think they want to build on, they want to bring some familiar faces to the Vegas area. You can't just go in with a whole expansion team. But I hope Derek, I hope John Gruden. Uh, grooms Derek Carr and just doesn't have a short leash with him. All right, so that's part one of my interview with Derek Papa. Got into some good stuff right there. Love hearing his thoughts on it. And I know, you know, he's in the building. He's in the building in the Bay Area right there at 95.7 The Game. So obviously a lot of information trickles his way and he hears a lot of things that even I don't hear, you know, and I'm always looking around and, and got my ear to the streets about everything that's going on Raiders related, but just love to hear from a guy that's just right there on, on the ground floor, you know what I mean? And right there and uh, good stuff right there. So that's just half of my interview with Derek Papa. The second half is coming up next in segment number three on the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What kind of what kind of comparison would you give? I, I, I mean, I agree with you 100% when you say that you know Derek Carr is not elite. I don't think he's elite either, but I think that he's a guy who can win. I, I do think that the Raiders can win with him. We uh, we saw him as a fan base. We saw the Raiders win with, with Rich Gannon, who was a journeyman backup for his whole career until he got with Gannon, even though I will say he was a damn good backup, but he was a backup. And, and then he got with Gruden and he had an MVP season and the Raiders should have won with him, but, but they ultimately didn't because they played John Gruden. Who do you look at in the league as far as quarterbacks like okay Derek Carr could be as good as this guy um that's a tough question I would say this I think Derek Carr at one point was the best quarterback in the division and now he's probably the third best Patrick Mahomes is something else and Philip Rivers has stayed consistent in his career I think Derek Carr you know Case Keaton's not a great quarterback in my opinion so I think he's the third best quarterback in the AFC West as far as other quarterbacks in the division, I would say, I mean, as, and as far as other quarterbacks in the NFL, I would say that Derek Carr 
He's not in my top 10, and he may not be in my top 15, mm. but he's in the latter portion of the, the NFL quarterbacks. I, I don't know who he, he could be as good as. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill is a guy I don't compare to him in style, but I compare to him just as, you know, the, the, the leash he's been given. Um, Derek Carr, he's a guy that I feel you can win with, but he has got to get rid of some, some bad tendencies, and they have not gone away from his... I always remember the sophomore season, and I always, uh, always bring this game up because it, it pisses me off. It's a game where he threw, four inter- uh, sorry, he threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter against the Kansas City Chiefs in the 2015 season, and that was all on Derek. He lost that game for the Raiders, and there are games where he makes dumb decisions, and you know he. There were games where he looked terrible. The you know the Patriot game last year, the the Philadelphia Eagle game, the yeah you know, the same year. Um, Derek has got to improve, and he's got rid of he's got to get rid of some of these bad tendencies. And I think the fan base is kind of turned off when he goes to the post game and always goes, "That's on me, guys. That's on me." And but it never goes anywhere. You know, it's one week he's throwing four touchdown passes or having a clutch win against the Chiefs, and the next week he goes out and has a miserable game against the Buffalo Bills. He just needs to be consistent. To compare him to another quarterback in the league, I really can't say, because um, none are coming to my mind right now. <laughs> um, but uh, I would say that Derek just needs to be his own guy. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. I know we've had comparisons in years past from like James Jones, who's played with both quarterbacks. He's not going to be Tom Brady. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes, even. But I feel like he has enough talent to be different and to be somebody that you can win with this team. I, there's a reason why John Gruden took this job. He wouldn't just take it and then deconstruct his whole team just to be the coach of the Raiders again. There has to be a reason why he came back. He could have come back any other season to be that coach of the Raiders. Why was it now? Was it because his contract with ESPN was going out? That may have been. Was it because he didn't want to call games with Sean McDonough anymore? That could have been it, too. But why did he come back for this Oakland Raider team? He must have saw something in the roster. Can Derek Carr be Matt Ryan? Uh, yes, but I think Matt Ryan's better. Okay. Uh, there, that, Matt, I mean, you see, you see the game last night with uh, when he beat the... The Giants. Matt Ryan, even though he's not, uh, you, you could put him, I mean, I, I wouldn't put him in that elite category yet, but he's one of the best. He just, he's being consistent, and he makes mistakes here or there, but he's been consistent. Derek Carr has not been consistent. So, can Derek Carr be Matt Ryan of 2016 and throw 38 touchdown passes? Probably not. But I think he could be a solid quarterback. I think Derek Carr could be like, he does, again, like I'm not comparing the, the skill. Uh, the skill set with any of these guys. But he could be like a Matthew Stafford. He could be like a Ryan Tannehill. He could be, um, I don't know. But he, he he could be, I mean, he could be a good quarterback. And I think he is a good quarterback. He just needs time to develop. Will he ever be elite? I don't know. And that may be the thing that John Gruden sees in the end, that this guy may not be, be good enough to beat the Tom Brady's or to beat the, the Patrick Mahomes, even his own division. But you don't know unless you try with him. You got to give him some talent. No quarterback has ever been successful with just scrubs. And people give Tom Brady a pass when he was, you know, winning games with like Shabar Gaffney and Doug Gabriel and guys like that. But I mean, still had some talent. You know, like Derek Carr 
can't succeed all by himself. He just needs help. John Gruden's got to help him out. And I've got to ask you this, and you don't have to tell me any kind of names or anything because it's way too early in the year to, to be looking at names specifically. But right now, if you're John Gruden, you're Reggie McKenzie, and I don't know how much input they, they both have with each other, but if you are those two guys and you have three first-round draft picks in 2019, where do you think you're spending your draft pick capital? Uh, pass rush. Pass rush, cornerback. I mean, we don't even know about Gary Connolly. Again, these are guys that John Gruden inherited, and I, it seems like John's, you know, not taking the patient route. He's got a 10-year contract, but I, I really hope he takes the time to coach these guys, and you can build more talent around. You know, pass rush, obviously you need that because you trade away Khalil Mack. Um, other areas, I mean, you know, running back, I wouldn't say in the first round, but that's going to be an area of need later on because... I don't know if you're bringing back any of these guys. Marshawn's going to be in his mid to, you know, I don't know. I actually don't know his age right now. I think he's, he's going to be 34. So I have a hard time believing he's coming back. Doug Martin hasn't done anything. We'll see what he does with these remaining games. Jalen Richard, I think, could be a good running back, but I don't think they use him properly enough. He should be in like a kind of like a Corey Clement or a Darren Sproles type of player for this team. And DeAndre Washington, we haven't seen healthy yet. So. We'll see what happens there. I, I don't feel like there's a lot of areas that need to be addressed. I'm, I'm gonna, I mean, at least I didn't before the season started. Probably linebacker or cornerback of the defense. But you know, now you need there's a lot of glaring holes, and you didn't you didn't need to do this. You, you had three solid players to build the franchise around, and you just you just you wasted. I mean, how long were they here? I mean. Uh, uh, Khalil and Derek were drafted in 2014, and then Amari was drafted in 2015. So they weren't even here for five years. It's just, it's sad, man. They, you know, they, they could have they could have done something special with this team, and they just they decided to blow it up. Uh, but as far as you know, going for the future, I would say pass rush, linebacker, cornerback. So three areas you could have addressed with Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, and Amari Cooper still on your roster. But then again, like I said before, if they draft these guys and they hit on them. Then are they going to pay all three of these first-round picks? Mm-hmm. What kind of money are they going to get? I mean, like it's a, it's a never-ending cycle. I, I mean, I don't know if they're going to get more money going to Vegas, and that's probably the reason why they're going to Vegas. But what's going to happen then? Are, are you really going to pay the $90 million to a pass rusher that you couldn't pay with for a Khalil Mack? That's going to be a major problem. I mean, that really, really is. If they're going to hit on these guys, and even the guys that they drafted this year, you know, a guy like Mo Hurst, if he ends up being the second coming of Aaron Donald, you think he's not going to want to get paid? Oh, he's going to definitely. Exactly. You know, he's really going to get, want to get paid. And no, the other reason I asked you that question is because now with the hole with Amari Cooper, with Amari Cooper being gone, all the things I've been repeating, all the reports I've been reading, and, you know, all these guys who are draft experts are saying, well, the Cowboys looked at the 2019 draft-eligible wide receivers and thought, Amari Cooper's the best guy out of all of those guys. So now you got a hole at that position, and you don't have any talent. And look, we're not at the draft yet, so I don't know. But we don't have any talent, as far as we know, that can replace him. That's, I mean, when, when do you address that hole? I mean, <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, they have Martavis Bryant, who I thought would be better. But then again, like, he's been thrown through, like, a weird position of being cut in training camp and then, bring, then being brought back. I don't think he's grasping John Gruden's offense that well, but, I mean, is there, a, is there that much of an offense to begin with? Seth Roberts is not a guy that we even thought was going to be on this roster, and Jordy Nelson's just old, and I don't think he played that much anymore. So as far as your receivers, I mean, 
this team is going to have some money to spend in free agency. But, I mean, if you were a free agent, would you sign with the Raiders right now? Right. Do you trust John Gruden as a coach? I would say no. And then how many guys are going to want to live in Vegas? Uh, you know, <laughs> there, there's a part of me that thinks that they, you know, you're going to have to build around certain guys when you go to Vegas. And maybe Khalil Mack didn't want to go there. Maybe Amari didn't want to go there. There's questions of Derek wants to even go there. We know, you know, he's a very religious guy, and Vegas is Sin City. So I don't know if they're trying to rebuild the team for guys that, that can fit in that town. But if you're going to try to sign free agents in the offseason, I don't think John Gruden is doing a good job at convincing players that he's committed to them. My my pops put it the best the other day, and him and John used to be tight, but uh, he said that John is one of the most disingenuous coaches he's ever seen. And so I think players know that. I think uh, we heard, I, I know a story of Keenan McCardell saying he got screwed by John Gruden because he was supposed to give him a contract after the Super Bowl season, never did it. And to this day, I think Keenan McCardell holds a, a grudge against John Gruden. There are guys that will not speak highly of John Gruden that played for him anymore. And there are guys that love him, like Brad Johnson, you know, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, because they got to a certain point with him and won Super Bowls. But even if you remember that Tampa Bay team, you know, after they won, John Lynch and Warren Sapp are free agents. They didn't sign him back. So, if, you know, I, I think I was on your podcast uh, like a month ago when before they played the Browns game, and thank God they won that game. <laughs> and... You ask me, do you think this will get better? you think it will be positive for the future? And I go back and forth with that. Yes, I think that it will because they're doing things that should help a team in, for the future. But honestly, like, I think John Gruden is also setting a bad precedent for being a trustworthy coach. And that's all you can ask for in a coach because when your players know that you don't have their back, then you really, really can't play hard for a coach like that. And we'll see how hard this team plays for John Gruden in these remaining games. You saw Bruce Irvin after the Seattle game say, I'm ready to go home and make babies with my wife. I really don't care about this season anymore. So, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's one of the few veterans on this team. And when he's sitting in that precedent for the rest of the guys in the locker room, like, it's, it's really, it's, it's going to be hard. Like, the 49ers are you know, the team that we're focusing more on the Bay Area now, and it's, that's even, even more sad to me now. But they seem like a team that's that's going to fight in the remaining games because the quarterback went down, and they have given up. You know, they've had bad games against the Rams. But they've also fought, fought hard against teams like the Packers. I really don't know how much fight these these Oakland Raiders are going to have. It's it's a good question. It's a really good question. We will see. Uh, this has been great, man. You give me a, a bunch of your time. Had a bunch of great answers. I got one more question for you, and it's really. I mean, this will be an easy one. There's a guy who listens to the show named Jim. He's from Houston, Texas. He's going to be at the Colts game this Sunday. He's spending a lot of money to get there. He's never been to an NFL game. The Raiders are his favorite team. I got a hashtag going. Just win for Jim. Do you think the Raiders could pull a rabbit out the hat and beat the Colts on Sunday? Um, yeah, this should be a game they win. I mean, just like the Browns game, I will tell you that the Colts at this moment have more talent. This is a game you got to win at home. Winning at, winning, you know, if, if, any, if anything, just, just give these fans a few wins before they go. Like, these are, these are games you should win. Like, I'm circling, I circled the Browns game. I circled the, this game here against the Colts. Um, the Battle of the Bay will be interesting because, 
the Raiders were able to beat the 49ers with, you know, for their last dance in the Bay Area. That would cause uh, quite the storm here in the Bay Area. I've also got the Denver game, the Monday night game uh, on Christmas Eve that could be, that could be potentially the last game in Oakland. That These are games they got to win. And um, it's sad, man. It's sad that, you know, we're talking about a team. Can they beat the Colts? Like, yeah, of course they should beat the Colts. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're asking me before the season started with Khalil Mack and R. Cooper on this team, yeah, they should kick the Colts' ass, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But we don't even know. Um, I hope they do for Jim. Hashtag <laughs> win for Jim. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how much talent is on this Raiders team. I don't know where the points are going to come from. Marshawn Lynch is not going to be running the ball anymore for you guys. So this is going to be a we got to see what this team is going to look like game. Martavis Bryant is your go-to receiver now, and I don't feel comfortable about that at all. Doug Martin is going to be your bell cow, and I don't feel comfortable about that at all. I don't feel comfortable about a lot of these guys on this team. I mean, the Colts don't have a lot of great playmakers, too. They do have T.Y. Hilton and uh, Andrew Luck. And they could dice you up with them. So we'll see. I hope the Raiders do win in the end. Um, but uh, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel less confident about this game than I do the Cleveland Brown game because I feel like morale is at an all-time low. But it would be great to see them uh, beat the Colts uh, this Sunday. I'll ask you, though. You're in Waco, Texas. What's What's been the uh, reaction to the Amari Cooper trade? Uh, it's it's kind of it's it's back and forth, you know. Some people are excited because look, the Cowboys didn't have a, a true number one wide receiver. I mean, they just didn't. And then some are saying, yeah, well, look at his production and look at all his drops. And he is twenty four though, so that's good. And you know, so it's kind of a mixed bag. But uh, I think for the most part, Cowboy fans are pretty excited to get a guy that's only twenty four years old, and you know that he has had great production, and uh, you know he has a lot of potential moving forward. But can Dak get him the ball? That's the other question. Yeah, that will be a question. And uh, Amari's. Uh, on the biggest team in the NFL now. This is like the, this is like joining the Lakers or you know the Yankees. This is you know Amari hasn't been one to say much with the media. So I'll be interested to see how he handles the uh, the Dallas press and uh, and their media. With uh, there's gonna be a lot of expectations for on him. So uh, don't don't overreact right away, Cowboys fans, because uh, he's he's gonna struggle to start. It's going, to be, uh, it's going to be a big learning curve for Amari Cooper. Yeah, it really will be. And it's funny because I'm actually going to be at the Cowboy-Colts game when they play on Monday night. That's in Dallas. So I'll be in that locker room. I'll get a lot of audio. I'm going to share it with you just so you can hear how Amari okay. reacts. That's, that should be interesting because I completely forgot about that. He is super quiet, and uh, Dallas is going to be a different animal. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how he, he does in, uh, in that locker room. Yeah, no, it, it will be definitely interesting. But uh, I wish nothing but the best for Amari. I thought that he could be a great player here. It's just sad that he, uh, his time as a Raider has already come to an end. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Speaking of an end, what about Marshawn Lynch? I know I said that was my last question, but Marshawn Lynch, he's on the IR. Uh, that He can come back after eight weeks. That would put him at, what, week 15, the game 15 or whatever? Do you think he can yeah. come, come back for that final, that final home game and then one game uh, more in Kansas City? If you're if you're Marshawn Lynch, what is the incentive to come back? Just the city of Oakland. Just the city of Oakland. How many how many wins are you going to have for the Oakland Raiders? Right, you're only going to so, have have a couple, but it's just for the city of Oakland, just for him to live out that dream, so he doesn't go I out mean, on IR. I mean, honestly, I would love that, and that'd be a great way to end his career with the Raiders. It's, it's just up to Marshawn. If that's how he wants to go out, I I'm more power to him, and I would love to see that. But it's just up to Marshawn what he wants to do, how he wants to end his career. If he wants to go out there one last time and know this team's not going to the playoffs, then 
I would love to see that. But um, Marshawn's got to think about his future too. He's he's already dabbled into uh, to Facebook, uh, his TV show there, and how he wants to uh, proceed in his uh, his life after football. So I think his time with a Raider, uh, his time as a Raider, will come to an end after the season. But I would love to see him. Uh, play in that last uh, Monday night game uh, at the Coliseum against the Broncos on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I would too. I would love that. Matter of fact, I might if he's going to do that. I might have to be in the house for that one just just because that would be that would be really awesome. Hey, man, thank you so much for your time. It's been great. That is Derek Papa right there, producer of the Afternoon Delight with Papa and Bonte on ninety five seven The Game. You can find my man on Twitter at D Papa Pops. And uh, Derek, appreciate you as always, man. A lot of great stuff. Anytime, my man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so there it is. There it was. That was the conclusion of my interview with Derek Papa, producer of the Afternoon Delight on 95.7 The Game. Papa and Bonte Hill, good stuff right there. Really appreciate his time. He gave me a lot more time than I was even anticipating. I really only thought I was going to have like a 10 to 15 minute interview. It ended up going up, well, you know, for a lot longer. So a lot of good stuff right there from uh, Derek. Always appreciate hearing from him. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed it. And uh, again, I want to apologize for the sounds of my microphone. Uh, Derek was good. He was clear as a whistle, but uh, my microphone's a little dirtier, a little, little dark sounding. Didn't like it, but uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And when he was available, I had to just go ahead and jump on. It. So really appreciate his time. Really appreciate your time as well for listening to the podcast. And I uh, hope you have your thoughts on it. You know, have your thoughts on what Derek said. Have your thoughts on what I said. Uh, you could always get at me on Twitter at your boy Q254 and on the Raiders podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. All right. Matter of fact, a lot more of your calls. You want to hear your calls? You're going to hear them on Thursday's edition as we get closer and closer and closer to this matchup on Sunday with the Colts. Thank you for listening. Whenever you do, how often you do, really appreciate it. Until next time. Oh, don't forget, just win for Jim. Just win for Jim. Hashtag just win for Jim. And also, as always, just win, baby.